Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello, Maximizers. This is Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Podcast 358 as we take a deep dive on how to accomplish 10 times more in half the time. What are the skills that make you more successful, more influential, more persuasive? What do you need to do to take your life and your income to the next level? That's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to talk about today. Thanks for listening. You can find the podcast at MaximizeYourInfluence.com, iHeart, iTunes, and Spotify. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. Hit like, subscribe, let other people know about this valuable life skill that we should have learned in school that most people haven't figured out. They might have three, four, five persuasion tools. Let's talk about over 100 persuasion tools. Of course, we can't do that today, but let's give you a few more tools in your toolbox to be more successful. Hopefully, your week is going well. Mine has been an online Zoom seminar webinar week. And I'm telling you, we've talked about this. The bandwidth to do Zoom is 10 times harder than face-to-face. I did an eight-hour Zoom meeting, multiple mics, multiple cameras. I had cameras on me, camera on the whiteboard. We had a computer for the PowerPoint. I even had a foot clicker. If you haven't checked those out, it's basically, you know, the hand clickers to advance the PowerPoint. You can do it with your foot. It works pretty well when you're on a camera. So... Taught some serious negotiation skills, some advanced negotiation training to some negotiation experts. A lot of fun. Did it in a day. Even talked about the dirty tricks, the dirty deeds of old school negotiators, those dark psychological tricks that they use. And of course, detecting deception. Let's jump into it. And let's start off with the persuasion. This week, not a blunder, but a ninja. Now, I'm not going to name names here. This was a famous personal development person, got in a little trouble with the law. Not that he was a bad person, he just did not like to give refunds. And in this world, in the United States, if you don't give a refund, whether a person deserves it or not, you get in trouble. That's kind of how it works, especially in the personal development world when you're teaching people new skills. That's kind of how it's set up. So I'm not going to name names. He's more on the West Coast of the United States. And he had a show where he would hypnotize people. He would teach NLP and a few other things, but his career was being a hypnotist, so he'd put on a hypnotist show, and he'd pull people from the audience. And people would complain that he'd always pull the beautiful females out of the audience, and that's the only people he would choose. And we've talked a lot about inoculation on the show. That's when you pre-solve objections. So he started just to pre-solve. He would say, now a lot of you might say, I only choose the pretty girls that bring them up. And he says, well, duh, of course I do. (laughs) He nipped it in the butt. He stopped it right then and there. Nobody else complained. He said what he was doing up front, and everyone got a good laugh out of it. Now, if he wouldn't have said anything, if he wouldn't have inoculated, of course, oh, hey, he's doing this, and he's this type of person. This has happened. When you can pre-solve objections or concerns or questions ahead of time, it's always more powerful than to wait for them to happen. And I was also with this particular individual, but his office was raided. The computers were taken. Big news deal. Again, I don't think he was a super corrupt person. He just was not willing to refund people's money. And that, again, upsets people in the government ranks. 
So I'm at a seminar with this person. I love going to seminars and listen to other people teach different things. And I had just found out this had happened, and he inoculated. You know it was the question on everyone's mind in the audience. He said right up front, this has happened. This is what's going on. This is what they've accused me of. This is what's really going on. Now, I don't know if that was the truth or not, but it sounded like the truth. But again, inoculation. It was on our minds. If he would have said anything, done anything about that, it would have been stuck in our mind as a question, as an objection. We wouldn't have listened very well. He solved it up front, addressed it. That is the key. So think about it with your audience, with your prospect. If they have a concern or question, it's like their brain hits a brick wall and they can't think of anything else. So number one, if you see that in their face, they've hit a brick wall, they have a question, objection, you probably should handle it because they're not listening to anything else you're saying. Number two, if you know that an objection or question is coming up ahead of time, with I'd say maybe a 95% certainty, then you want to pre-solve it before it even comes up. That's what great persuaders do. Now, I don't want you to pre-solve the potential 22 objections that could come up because then you're going to give them objections. But if you know that it's coming up, again, with a 95% certainty, I mean, just pull that number out of the air, but you want to be pretty certain pre-solve it before it happens. Now, I don't know legally what happened to this person. I didn't follow it. But the way they pre-solved objections, put it out in the open, resolve people's concerns, put people at ease, that is what you need to do with your prospect, with your customer, and the, and the people you are persuading. And if you want to know more about inoculation, go to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com and get the free subscription to Influence University and you have access to the archives of the podcast for free to get more of those persuasion tools. Now it's time for the geeky scholarly article, and I'm not going to go to one of those obscure collegiate journals this time. I'm going to go to ladders.com. And this is a place where you can get career advice. And this particular article was sent to me. It's called Telltale Signs Your Coworkers Despise You. So I thought that was interesting. Something that some of you want to talk about. So how do you know when someone doesn't like you at work? Or, and this is going to be any aspect of life. The first one they talk about is their eyes almost never meet yours. They just don't look at you. They don't make that eye contact, partially out of hate. And part of it too might be that you detect hostility. And so the path of least resistance for them is to look away or not be around you, not be in the same room as you, or walk in the room and walk out of the room when you're in there. Another way they talked about is they don't play by the rules. So if you're the manager, the team wants you to like them. They play by the rules. They do what's right. But if the team is not liking a particular person, they won't play by the rules. They might try to sabotage you or even sabotage your drinks. You probably don't want to keep your drink in a different room in a different refrigerator. You probably want to keep them close to your person. Another one, and you see this before, when people don't like somebody, they constantly question you. You're always wrong. What if there's a better option? They question every decision you make. There's a better decision. It's just a big side. They don't like you. They don't trust you. And they're looking for ways to make you look bad, to validate their hate towards you. Another one is they never make time for you. If this is your manager and you can't get their attention, they won't make a meeting, they won't keep their meeting, uh, another clue they might not like you. They might cancel those meetings. They might not return your phone calls and emails. Just generally, they ignore you. You're not on their priority list. And they're always full of resistance. 
So an interesting article. In fact, let me add a few things to that to know when people don't like you. A lot of it could be that fake smile, and a fake smile is when their eyes don't smile with their mouth. Again, if you can see their mouth with a face mask on. Another one, too, if you're face-to-face and their feet are pointed away from you or the shoulders are not squared up with you, another sign that could indicate that they don't like you. Another one, too, is they treat everyone else differently than you. You're always wrong. They're always mad at you and after you, and you notice other people, they don't treat the same way. Uh, Red flag. Again, we've talked about this before. With something like this, you're looking for clusters. Just because you see one of these, maybe two of these, it doesn't necessarily mean they don't like you. But if you start seeing three, four, five, six of these, uh, ding, ding, ding. They don't like you. Another one could be crossed arms or legs. Sometimes they look like they're trying to protect themselves from you. They're either huddling up or they have their arms folded or maybe they hide their purse or their backpack. That could be one. Another one too, we've talked a lot about isopraxism or mirror and matching. They're not going to mirror you. They're going to do the opposite of you. They're going to try to take up more space. You'll notice in their body language that there is no connection. Your conversations with them are very short and concise. They don't listen to anything you say. And there's very little touch. Maybe resisting a handshake, resisting the bump. Obviously, no hugs or anything like that. But they take up more space, like I mentioned, and there's very little touch. And the big one is you just sense it. You feel it. Something's up. Be more aware of those things because you've got to decide if this relationship is worth it. You've got to decide if it's time to mend this relationship. You've got to decide if it's time to move on and do something else when this happens, because it's just going to get worse. So you got to decide to cut your losses or try to mend this relationship. So that is our geeky, scholarly article of the week. Which brings us to a listener email. Oh, boy. Now, remember, to use your email on the show. You get free access to InfluenceUniversity.com, the gold membership. That's the advanced training skills. That's access to pretty much everything I've created from persuasion, influence, negotiation, to millionaire psychology, all of the above. And you can find out more about that at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also pick up your free book, the new edition of MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Just pick up a little shipping and handling and take your free persuasion IQ assessment to see where you rank. This is from Jill from Vermont. She says, thanks for the podcast. I'm becoming a power persuader. I'm also going through millionaire psychology and learning to be more successful. I agree with you that success is a notebook test. And to be successful, become a millionaire, start thinking, acting, and doing what other successful people do. And at one point you mentioned that successful people can accomplish 10 times more in half the time. How do they do that? Well, Jill, that's a great question. Obviously, I'm rounding off some numbers here. It's not exactly the same for everyone. But it is no secret that successful people and millionaires accomplish quite a bit more, two, three, four, ten times more than the average person in the same amount of time. Part of that's passion. Part of that's personal development. But let's get over some of those tools, those time management tools that I've noticed with successful people that I've learned to incorporate in my life that make a huge difference. Now, first of all, no one has enough time. You know, people wear this badge. Oh, I'm so busy. Really? I don't think that's what you want. I think you want to be less busy. And so be careful of people around you that always have that card. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. That's not what you want. That's not your goal. You want to have more time. And that's the real secret is everyone has the same amount of time. It's just what you do with that time. 
And the studies show, and I know you'll be in denial about this, is that most people waste about two hours a day. Come on, deep down, you know that to be true with social media, not focusing on the things you do. But if you do the math on that, that's 60 hours a month. That's 720 hours a year. That's about a whole month of wasted time. Come on, own up, think about it. You have to realize, you heard it before, that time is more valuable than money because you can always get more money, but you can't get more time. And one of the big things I learned from my early mentor, Jim Rohn, a famous personal development speaker, he said something really important. He says, wherever you are, be there. You think about that because you're at work and you're thinking about your family and you're going to go on a picnic and hang out with your kids and have a lot of fun. Then you go on your picnic, you're thinking about work and what you need to do tomorrow and all the projects you need to finish. You're like, hello, that robs both your employer or what you do for a living and your family. Be with your family when you're with your family and be at work when you're at work. I know it's easier said than done, but that goes a long way. And always ask yourself, are you spending major time on minor things? You've heard the 80-20 rule. And it's true. On average, 20% of what you do gives you 80% of the results, and that's what you want to focus on. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in sales, you have to ask yourself, is this an income-producing activity? That has helped me out so much when I get focused and I look at my list. Is that an income-producing activity? And that just puts things in perspective. And we know with successful people is that they plan their day on paper before the day even starts. They do it the night before or maybe the morning of, but they plan it out. Now, do be careful with paper, planning out on paper, is that sometimes when we plan things out, we don't put the most important things in our life on paper. Uh, Family, friends, charity is the most important things. We're just putting out fires, and that might not be the most important thing in your life. So it is a good start. It is good. But make sure the important things in your life make it on paper. A couple other tools. Learn to batch your tasks. Meaning, only do email once a day. Do that all at once, or maybe twice a day. But batch your task. If you're doing bills, answering emails, returning phone calls, try to batch those tasks because it's easier to do it all at once or twice a day than four, five, six, ten times throughout the day because your brain is shifting gears, getting back into the moment. Learn to multitask. Do your personal development on the drive into work. Do your personal development while you exercise. When you're doing an activity that doesn't have much bandwidth, do a couple things together. You can multitask on certain things. When you exercise or go for a walk, maybe you can make some phone calls. Maybe when you drive in, you can make some phone calls. There are certain times you can multitask and get two things done in the same amount of time. Also, as you create your list, have deadlines. Have deadlines. Know what needs to be done that day, that week. And it's crazy fulfilling for a human brain to cross things off. It's crazy fulfilling too when you give yourself rewards, even if it's a peanut M&M or it's a soda or a cup of coffee, whatever it is, give yourself rewards for finishing things. And also be careful that you're not doing the fun, fast, easy things first. You should be doing the scary things first, the things you fear first. This is what I mean. In the morning time, you check out your stock, you decide where you go to eat, you look at your email, you check out the news. No, do the hardest things first the feared things first, the bigger things first, and do the harder things later in the day. And part of that too is realizing the time of day. This is what I mean. All of us have a four-hour block during the day. A lot of people are in the morning time, but that might not be the case for you. We all have a four-hour block today where cognitively, mentally, we accomplish more, we do more, we can get more done. And it might be the morning, it might be early afternoon, it might be late afternoon, early evening, late evening, it might be in the middle of the night, whatever it is, identify those four hours 
And that's the time to put up the do not disturb sign, not to have meetings, and do the tasks that are the most important. I don't care what time it is, but you identify what that is. And that's not the time to respond to email. That is not the time to do the easy thing. That's the time to do that 20% that gives you 80% of the results. Another thing I've noticed too is that successful people have a hard stop. There's a hard stop with dinner with my family. That's not an option. They make it happen. So when things are important like family or dinner, have that hard stop and make sure it happens. You can shorten your meetings. Have you noticed with meetings, if it's a one-hour meeting, it takes an hour. If it's a two-hour meeting, it takes two hours. Have a 20-minute stand-up meeting. Shorten your meetings. You'll have more time. Maybe you can exercise. You're like, exercise? I don't have time to exercise. Well, hello. Exercise gives you more time. You're like, what do you mean? Well, let's see. You live longer. Hello. You have more energy. You sleep better. You probably sleep less. You have more energy. You'll probably be more charismatic. Hello. It is something to think about. I know there's excuses out there. I've made them too, but it makes a huge difference in my life to exercise every day. The benefits are incredible. And yes, it gives you more time, even though it takes you a little time. And I mentioned with exercise, you sleep less. Maybe something you want to think about is sleep less, maybe a half hour less, an hour less. Especially if the big project, you want to get things done, it's going to be a couple months, reduce your sleep a little bit, maybe take a nap on the weekends, whatever you need to take, but that can be something that you can do. I'm telling you, successful people, billionaires, they have that purpose, that passion, they have that focus. They are driven because they have what Napoleon Hill calls that burning desire. It consumes them. It takes over their mind, their focus, they go after it. That also helps you manage your time to when you know exactly what your goals are, what you want to accomplish. It burns within you. It consumes you. That's why it's so important to have clear, defined goals. Know what you want. They're written down. You have them mapped out and they're locked in your mind. You're like, what does that mean locked in your mind? That means I should be able to wake you up at three o'clock in the morning and say, what is your goal? What are you working on? And you know what it is. It's consuming you. It's part of you. It's that burning desire. It burns within you. You know you want accomplishment and everything you're doing is going towards that goal. That is another piece of time management. To accomplish 10 times more than half the amount of time. Can we all have the same amount of time? But we see with the unsuccessful, they're just not accomplishing as much as the super successful. So Jill, there's the answer to your question. Enjoy Influence University. And listeners, Take something I talked about. We talked a lot about time management, accomplishing more, being more successful. Take one of them, a couple of them, apply it and use it. That's the key. A tool a week. Learn a tool a week to put in your toolbox to be more successful. Today, we focus more on self-persuasion because if you can't persuade yourself, you can't persuade others. If you can't manage yourself, you can't manage other people. And that's the key to your success. So appreciate your feedback, your love and support, everything you need at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Please subscribe, hit like to the podcast. Also know we're on YouTube. I record videos that kind of supersize, enhance many things we talked about here on the show. So check that out, subscribe to that. And since we've been talking about mindset, self-persuasion, time management, I've included a special link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com to Millionaire Psychology on Special, where you learn the traits of the super successful. Bottom line is, you want to become a millionaire? Fill in your goal, whatever it is that you want. Start thinking, acting, and doing what millionaires do. It's that simple. Success is an open book test. Let me know any questions, comments, rude remarks you have at Kurt, QRT at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Go out and master these skills. 
Teach your coworker, teach your children, teach your friends, teach your enemies, whoever you need to teach. These are critical life skills. I've told you the studies before. This is 85% of your success in life and in business. Now, you need your core competence. That's your 15%. But this is the big difference. Those soft skills that will take your life and your income to the next level. So learn to negotiate, become more influential, and go out and persuade with power.